0: I still feel strongly that no dog should end its last days in a shelter. I don't care if the dog is sick or aggressive or whatever. Take him home for a day or two and then, you know, and then humanely euthanize that dog. You know, no dog, no animal should die alone in a cage.
1: That was Muttville CEO and founder Sherry Franklin. I'm Jeff, and this is Storied San Francisco. Every week on this podcast, you'll hear from volunteers, artists, community leaders, and San Franciscans from all walks of life, telling stories, sharing personal histories, and trying to put into words what makes this city so special. Welcome to Episode 41, Part 2. In Part 1, Sherry told us about her arrival in the Bay Area in the mid-80s, and the beginnings of what turned out to be a lifetime of working with dogs. In this podcast, she starts off with the story of Heidi, an eight-year-old rescue that inspired Sherry to do something about the problem of senior dog care. It was largely because of that dog that Sherry started Muttville Senior Dog Rescue in 2007. Here's Sherry.
0: But what I started finding was as I was there more and more and became more and more involved with a lot of dogs was that um, some of the dogs were not didn't make it out. And, um, I had one special dog that, um, uh, still, um, to, to this day was really the, the, she burns in my heart and, um, her name was Heidi. And, um, I started my behavior training on the same day she arrived at, uh, the shelter and, Um, so I met her and we were doing, um, behavior assessments and, um, she was a waggy, happy sort of a basset hound girl. And, um, she was about eight years old and she was, uh, we called it owner surrendered at the time. Her guardian had passed away. So she was at the shelter because of that. And I just attached to her and, um, you know, I, Every, every day I would walk her, um, because I wasn't sure most dogs wouldn't get out all day. They'd be just be in their kennels all day unless, so I, I became like that seven day a week volunteer. We have a few of those here at Muttville too. Um, that's like a surrogate owner. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I, at the time I just didn't, you know, I had four cats and I felt like that was going to be my life till they went away and then I maybe bring a dog home, even though dogs were, always love dogs. Um so I would walk her and you know I watched as um slowly you know she became really depressed when she realized I think I'm sure this this is hopeless um and um over two big, two week period of time um a lot of dogs have come and gone and puppies are out the door adopted and um I uh you know came in one day and she wasn't there and I got all excited that I figured she got adopted and um, they told me that she had been euthanized uh, due to her age and due to the space that they needed to fill with dogs that were coming in and were more adoptable and um, it it broke me. A lot of other things throughout, you know, my time, of course, were upsetting, but for, for me, this was my... Um I felt like, you know, that I f- felt responsible. Um uh at the time there you know, like I said, the SPCA was quite different. They didn't really talk about euthanasia and didn't tell volunteers when they were gonna do something like that. This is a total turnaround from what they are today. This is has nothing no reflection. But um at that time they didn't really talk about it. It was a dirty little secret. Um I had no idea that she was lacking in time, I probably would have found some way, even though I was so new to this. I was so new to the whole shelter experience. Um, But that started me down my road. And that is my story of um, the very beginning. Do you Uh, have pictures of
1: Heidi or anything? I don't
0: have any pictures of Heidi except burnt into my brain and my heart. And
1: that's a good place for them yeah I just I yeah ideas.
0: I know well had I known of course there would I there would have been a lot more of Heidi there would have been you know there would have been more life left there would have been years but, right like physical representations yeah, right.
1: but there are also but also yeah. clearly she's still
0: she's still very alive for do. me and alive um and because of her and or because of that experience a lot more dogs are alive today yeah Uh, A lot more Heidi's we get to save. Mm -hmm. Ripple effect. A very, very large ripple effect.
1: So um, when we first met, you mentioned, was it 25 dogs? Oh. You had a bunch of dogs. Yes, okay.
0: (laughs) So what I started doing was I continued to volunteer and I started being the one that started to take out dogs before they were euthanized because I couldn't bring them all home. I wanted to make sure that instead of, people saying no don't walk that dog it's going to be euthanized I'm like that's why I'm walking this dog but I'm going to take him for a hamburger and I'm going to make sure he gets lots of love but with Heidi
1: um, you said you and other volunteers didn't know and that was kind of yes that's that was of, a, how, how did you kind of wedge well, yourself?
0: well I, I was pretty upset and you know I, I, I made waves a lot I think there were a lot of people there that none of them are there today that didn't like me too much um, you could say big waves
1: or you could just say you, you make shit happen.
0: I made shit happen. I yeah. I got upset a lot. I was the first person to bring blankets into the, uh, to the uh, dog kennels because they didn't have blankets to lay on or anything warm. They had concrete and they all got thrown out because they didn't match. And so I bought a bunch and brought those in and those ended up you know, getting lost in in the laundry because they didn't want to do that much laundry. But um, yeah, I got pissed. And um, as I started to know more people, more people would get pissed with me and allow things to happen. And one of those things was to allow Sherry to know and a few others to know if something was going to go down, like a dog would be euthanized maybe because it was aggressive with other dogs or whatever. I would at least get get in there and give it lots of love before that happened so it didn't just die alone. Um, I still feel strongly that no dog should end its last days in a shelter. I don't care if the dog is sick or aggressive or whatever. Take them home for a day or two. And then, you know, and then humanely euthanize that dog. You know, no dog, no animal should die alone in a cage. Ever. And that's why I started Muttville.
1: So how... but For, Yeah. <laughs> you, got, you got to rough, see the animal in me. Yeah.
0: Well, I think things have changed a lot in the um, animal sheltering world in certain areas. I mean, definitely in San Francisco. I mean, we have the best... We have, like, great animal welfare here in this city. So... Um, times have changed so much. I mean, there's still a lot of work to be done and there's still places where this happens on a daily basis Mm -hmm. in California. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of work to be done and I think we're, we're doing, we're, we're making dents. We're definitely making inroads. Okay. Back to the 25 dogs in my house. Um, so, um, I started taking dogs home one at a time, um, and finding them homes and that wasn't enough. So over the years, I started to make my plans to start a nonprofit. And that's how Muttville became. Um, it when, t- when was this? Um, we had our, our, our actual documents were signed in 2018. I started in 2000. I mean, sorry, 2008. So we actually had the paper signs in, signed in 2008. But I started Muttville in 2007. And probably it was about 2005 when I started just doing it and going broke and doing hair and doing it all. And I was young enough and had a lot of energy and and just thought it was, it, it filled me up as much as it, it took, a, you know, it was, yeah, I was, I was tired, but I was also so full. And, you know, so full of passion.
1: Spiritually fulfilled. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so. So I
0: started bringing dogs home. Um,
1: How were you getting them ad- uh, adopted. adopted out? Okay, There's- so
0: before internet, before emails, um, I was a hairstylist in a busy salon. Um, I put up flyers everywhere. Um, I had friends that started, we started volunteer. We all worked together, a little friend, little group of us um, put up flyers everywhere, um, at every vet hospital, at every bulletin board that was in a caf- cafe Um, we, um, that was how I first started. Then I started going, um, from my house with a group and we, I got a a van donated and we go to the corner of 18th and Castro street and, um, set up shop and adopt out, um, dogs, um, there, um, we got a website. I mean, it was every, everything was another step to take. We had our first fundraiser at El Rio Yeah. Um, in 2008, I wouldn't say 2007 probably, or 2008, right when our, we got our paperwork. Um, and you know, we raised, I think $2,500 and that covered some of our vet costs, you know, pretty much out of pocket for a while. Um, uh, it was a slow grow, but slow to grow it, but it touched so many people, Nobody had started a, in, like I said, ours is a senior dog, rescue dogs over seven. Um, I wasn't sure that we would ever grow out of my house. I didn't know where we were going to go. I didn't have a grand plan the first two years, but I knew by the third year that we had created something, that I had created something that now had become a community of of people that um, wanted this to work and wanted to save more senior dogs and wanted to adopt them out and more adopters. Mm-hmm. So we were adopting out dogs. And like I said, the first year we rescued uh, 27 and found homes for 27 senior dogs. I mean, now we're doing close to 1100 dogs a year. We're rescuing and adopting yeah, 27 out. a week now. Or yeah, whatever. 27. Was... Yeah. 25 a week. Close yeah. to close to what we did in a year. So um, it touched a nerve. Um, it, it created a community. Um, our programs have grown tremendously just due to, to so much interest. So um, I feel uh, fulfilled every day, and I also have heartbreak every day of um, the ones that we can't save because the even though we've grown as a community and, you know, like I said, we were one of the first three uh, senior Dog Rescues in the country At the time I um, mean, There's a lot more people doing What we do which is so wonderful And I'm glad that You know we could sort of create A model that was successful That made other people go hey Guess what you know they're adopting Out senior dogs maybe we could do that too And and They are
1: What's because we talked about it a little bit um, What kind of next Big things? Are you looking oh, forward yes. to this for is, Muttville?
0: This is. Um, I have really, really um, exciting plans for our future in our in the very near future. Actually, is it going to be?
1: Are you going to run a dog for mayor? Because yeah, are... that's right. I'm I've got waiting. Elon
0: Musk on board, and <laughs> uh, no, um, actually, you know, Muttville has found over seven thousand dogs their forever homes, and now it's time for Muttville to have a forever home. Um, someplace in San Francisco that um, we don't ever have to worry about leaving, uh, where we can continue and grow our work even more. And we are going to buy a building and uh, create a new model for animal sheltering, which is what we've been doing here, but sort of in in our own way, because we'll actually be able to create our space um, with a a cage-free environment that is super human friendly as well as animal friendly so that when people come, they aren't afraid to come. They want to come and they leave happy instead of sad. Um, They might be sad that they aren't taking home every dog. (laughs) (laughs) Who are you talking (laughs) about (laughs) But they don't have to leave sad for the animals because all the animals there will be happy. Uh, We'll all have um, our veterinary care done under our roof Um, where we can do our humane education and work with children and continue our work with our seniors and cuddle club, which is our seniors for seniors program, which we uh, love so much and and really feel like that's part of our major part of our community. So, um, yeah, Muttville's forever home yeah
1: maybe the motto could be all tails wagging
0: all tails wagging I love it I I love it
1: you kind of said it so I stole it from you (laughs) but um uh the other I guess question uh for folks who are listening to this what kind of message or what what Call, would you like uh, to give So, those?
0: what there's um, so many calls to action.
1: Let, let's hear them all. Or okay, well,
0: for. first of all, if you are looking for a dog, don't be afraid to look at the old and ugly. Somebody once called them, but I don't call them that really. Um, ask, you know, ask to see the older ones too, because they're treasures. They really are. Um, if you live in the Bay Area, you know, Muttville has the best dogs at Muttville.org. We have all the dogs listed. Um, we have everything from two pound chihuahuas to 100 pound mastiffs, just depends on the day. Um, we love our volunteers. Um, please come think or come think about volunteering at Muttville. Um, we need donors always. We run um, a fiscally tight ship but it's very expensive because the dogs don't pay us and we get paid in lots of love but we need the bucks too right Um, we need foster homes we need uh, we need humans we love humans Um, share with your friends share the joys of your dog Um, share share, uh, Muttville's story Um, come visit us every weekend we're here we're open we have open house Saturday and Sunday you just come by for a visit and you'll get to feel the love
1: Do you take donations of anything besides money, like, you know, supplies uh, or food or anything? There's
0: certain things that we always need. We always need high quality canned food because a lot of our dogs do not have teeth. Um, We always need um, harnesses. We're always running low on harnesses and leashes because every dog that we send home, we send home with a well-fitted harness and leash. So the more dogs we adopt out, the more harnesses we need. A good problem to have. It's a good problem to have, but we always need harnesses leashes. We have a wish list on our website as well. It's on our donate page. Um so we always t- we love we love our donations. Um so depending on what you have, you know, like we need not we need blankets. You know what I mean? Those kinds of things too.
1: They don't need to match.
0: They don't need to match. We love yellow though. Oh okay. Okay, so Excellent. yellow's good it's a good thing to know. It's part of uh, Muttville's colors are yellow. Um but uh you know we need you we need you as um advocates and ambassadors for rescue dogs and there's a lot of rescue animals out there so if you don't want to see your go to a rescue adopt don't shop let's hear about your hospice program
1: yeah.
0: um one thing that i've been super um excited about and um something that I think we've really created a wave and a a new way of looking at um, animals that come into the shelters sick. Uh, We started our hospice program because we are committed to every animal and every dog that walks through our door and some of them come in pretty lousy shape. Um, We have a veterinarian here and our vet staff along with um, a couple of us. Um, every week we go through all of our dogs and some dogs and and their health issues and sometimes we deem them uh to have cancer or inoperable kidney disease and there's there's some things that we just can't treat but they don't know that and they feel fine Mm -hmm. but they aren't adoptable in a normal adoption way so we started our hospice program uh seven or eight years ago, actually probably longer ago than that, but we really made it official then. And we have, um, we have a hospice program that has become so popular that our hospice dogs get adopted faster than our regular dogs. A lot of times, because there's so many people out there that really have learned that it is so fulfilling to take care of an animal, um, needs and, you know, make, give it a great last chapter, um, our hospice program is, um, one of a kind, uh, we cover palliative care for the dog th- till at the end of its life. Uh, we offer support, emotional support. Um, we set you up with a great doctor, a great veterinarian, um, in your area that will help you, um, with palliative care and caring for your dog. Um, so, you know, if it's something that you've ever thought about, it, it's, it's, it's rewarding for a certain kind of person. I, I find it, it's my calling to do this. And a lot of people come back time and time again. And I'm, and I'm, even some people with families with children, they want to teach their child, you know, more about living and dying or, you know, things like that. So it's not necessarily, you know, not a family thing. Uh, it depends on your family and how you feel about death, but, um, our dogs, we believe in euthanasia when uh, quality of life is sh- shitty or, you know, is there is no longer a good quality of life. Um, but until that happens, that dog deserves to have a good, uh, we call it a bark it list you know walks on the beach you know cheeseburgers cheeseburgers i mean whatever the dog wants we we believe that that animal um deserves to have that great last chapter and that has become um a really important part of muttville's whole program
1: i'm laughing at bark it list i love that
0: don't you love it <laughs> we do a bark mitzvah as well No, we had we had a bark mitzvah once but um yes. no, seriously um it's it's such a loving beautiful thing that we can offer our dogs and euthanasia can also be a gift um to an animal i mean because we can't do that for our human pals yet like i hope that someday can happen for me but um at least for our animals we can make sure that we send them off on a peaceful passing
1: That was Sherry Franklin. Join us next week when we'll hear from tattoo artist Taylor Nichols. Music for the podcast is by Otis McDonald. Film photography is by Michelle Kilfeather. Find all 90 episodes over on our website, storiedsf.com. While you're there, please help support this project by going to our store page and checking out the various pledge levels. We appreciate anything you can give. You can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram to stay up to date on everything we do. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, please rate and review the show for us. And if you have any feedback or you just want to say hi, our email is storiedsf at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.